This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. All right, we're back with The Exchange. I'm Alex. I'm here with Tim. And as always, if you're here for customer acquisition, you're in the wrong place. We're talking post-purchase. Specifically today, we're talking return windows and how that can impact your post-purchase connection. Very, very exciting stuff. People people might say like return windows, that's, that's too exciting for a podcast, but I promise you there's a lot of good stuff in here. And uh, Alex is definitely our resident expert on this. So I'm going to be asking him a bunch of different questions on, uh, on, the, on the topic itself. Awesome. And I think before we, we dive into that, Tim, what's your favorite online brand? Ooh, uh, I would say the, hmm, the brand that I shop at the most online would be J. Crew. And do you know what their return policy is in terms of their return window? Uh, I don't, but hold on. I'm, I'll go check one. Returns. It is, drum roll, someone in, in post, we'll, we'll put a drum roll here. Uh, it is 30 days. 30 days. All right. My favorite okay. online brand is Herschel. Their return. I already looked this up before I jumped on. Their return okay. window is also 30 days. Uh-huh. And uh, I guarantee for anyone listening, go check five brands right now. And four of them are going to have a return window of 30 days. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the industry standard. And again, I, like I said, like you're the, you're, you're our in house expert at this. And I know you have some strong opinions. So, um, you know, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think all brands use a 30 day uh, window? So I'm sure there are some brands out there that have a really good reason for setting a 30 day window. But my theory is that everyone is actually just copying each other and it's kind of created this loop. Mm -hmm. So when you first get started and you build your brand, you need to have some sort of return policy in place. And when you don't know where to start or where to look, you're going to turn to a brand you respect or you want to emulate, or you might look at a more established competitor in your space and you're going to look at what they're doing. So if every new brand entering the space is copying what's already there, everyone just perpetually creates 30 day return windows. Okay. So it sounds like based on what I'm hearing, you don't think a 30 day window is the best return window for everyone. I'm sure that some brands have a really well thought out reason for it, um, but it's probably not the most customer centric way to set your return window. Mm-hmm. You know what it what it reminds me of a little bit the way you're describing it is how how many times marketers say when do you think is the best day to send an email? Like the amount of times I mean I've asked people that question a million. It's 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 just something that marketers always ask each other because they're looking for the the silver bullet and the best way to be most efficient, but the best answer to that question, I think it's the best answer to this question is of course there are probably some that are statistically better than others, but it all boils down to knowing your customers. Um, you know, you have to understand the way that your customers react to the policies that you put in place. Um, so when, what, what do you see? I mean, data wise, what do you see is, is, um, relevant for when customers actually process their returns? Yeah, so we took a look at when returns were happening through Loop, and what we noticed that 80% of returns were happening in the first 14 days. So that's interesting when every return window is 30. Mm-hmm. Why do you, I mean, why do you think, or do, do, I mean, do we know? 
So it's really hard to know why people are returning in the first 14 days. But my hypothesis is that the majority of the time when someone's returning something, it's because they have the wrong size or the wrong style. Mm -hmm. That actually accounts for about 60% of the times when someone is returning. So if that's the reason, you're going to know that pretty quick. You throw a pair of shoes on and you know they're the wrong size pretty much right when you get them and you're going to want to get into the right size. So mm -hmm. I, the average person is going to want to do that in the first 14 days. They want the right product. Mm -hmm. That's um, first of all, super interesting. And it's, it's, it's interesting to think about it's a 30 day window, but 80% happen in the first half of that window. Yet everyone still is using 30 days. And like to go back to that email marketing question of like, when's the best day to send? The answer to that question is when, once you've sent enough emails, you'll have analytics in your system that will just tell you like for your customer base, Wednesdays at five o'clock are the best time. It, 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 there's a direct equivalent to this. Like if you're using a return solution and it's not a manual solution, you'll know if I set a 30 day window, you know, is it mostly happening in the first 14 days? Or are people returning it in the first 10 days? Now, all of a sudden, you're making a decision based on data, based on customer preferences, and then you're in a much better spot. So given that not everyone has that data, how would you recommend that a brand actually sets their return window? Like, How should they even approach it? Yeah, so the knee-jerk reaction would be if 80% of returns are happening in the first 14 days why don't I just set my return window at 14 days and it's <laughs> going to cover the vast majority of people who are returning. But right. that, I don't think that's the best way to approach this actually. I think that this data is actually telling us to set a more generous return window. Hmm. So if you think about it, if 80% of your customers are going to return the first 14 days, then that means 20% are returning at some point in the future. So if you set your return window past 30 days, only 20% of people are going to actually be taking advantage of that. So you're going to see most of it happen in that first chunk anyway. Hmm. So why not go to a 60-day, a 90-day, a six-month, or maybe even a year return window, knowing that almost all of it's going to happen right away? Hmm. That's Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that, that would a model like that would actually lean into the people who are going to be returning before 14 days anyway. And then for the, like you're making, you're making a policy that's for the rule, not for the exception. And what you just said there about, like, I know you were probably saying it like hyperbolically around, you know, have a year long return window, but it makes me think of LL Bean. Like LL Bean is famous for the fact that you can return forever. I mean, I, I ripped a jacket there and I returned it like two years later and they let me just get a new jacket. And for me, I mean, that's an, that's an asset for them. I mean, that policy is the reason that I didn't go to Patagonia. I just went right back to LL Bean. So I, I totally agree with with that assessment. Yeah, and a longer a longer return window, like you said right there, like it becomes a marketing asset for you. Mm -hmm. So if you have a longer return window, someone's evaluating whether they want to shop with you, and they see that they have ninety days. It's essentially like their trial period for this. So it reduces that it reduces that perceived risk of. Mm -hmm clicking the buy, adding it to their cart and clicking that buy button, um, which can actually increase your conversion rate on your site. And while I was looking into this, like I found research from the University of Texas that was saying that the longer your return window is and the more lenient you are, the less likely a return is to actually happen, hmm. which is very interesting. That is interesting. I mean, I'm sure I, I didn't read what you're talking about, but I'm sure there's some, you know, user psychology there that like it, it makes a buyer who is potentially you know, potentially on the fence, it maybe pushes them 
they love the product, but for some reason they don't want to buy it. The return window probably maybe it maybe it just pushes that person towards the purchase. Uh, that's 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 super super interesting. I mean, it, it just from what I'm taking away from this, generous return windows is customer centric. It's not brand centric. It can be used as a strategic differentiator. And, um, you know, I think that's a really good lesson for, for anyone listening today. I know one thing that we've also sort of observed um, with some brands that we work with is that some of them use um, a variable approach or a tiered approach. And I know that that's something you've talked about before. So what do you maybe maybe talk us through that? Like, what would a tiered approach? What does that even mean, first of all? And then what do you think it would look like? Yeah, so a tiered approach to your return window is actually having different return windows based on the return type. So return does not equal a refund. It could be a, an exchange, a variant exchange, store credit, or a refund. So having a, a va- or, sorry, having a tiered policy is setting the return window separate from each of those. Mm. So you could actually have a shorter return window if someone's looking for a refund. So hey, if you want your money back on your original form of purchase, we do that in the first 14 days. Hey, but you can take up to 90 days for an exchange. Hey, those shoes, they're not feeling right. Like, let's exchange them for something new. And by offering a more generous exchange window, you're going to push people from wanting to take that refund to wanting to take that exchange. And when you get someone to exchange rather than refund, you're able to continue that customer relationship. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. It totally makes sense because like, not all returns are the same. They're not all refunds. Um, and you, with a policy like this, I mean, you want to incentivize the right behaviors by taking uh, a more lenient approach to an exchange, because again, you want to preserve that relationship. You want people to feel good about the fact that, you know, I tried on this pair of Allbirds, for example, and I love Allbirds, but these things just didn't fit me. So I love the fact that Allbirds is going to let me send that back, uh, you know, maybe a little bit longer than they, than a, a brand typically would. But at the same time, you want to shorten the window of time where someone can process a refund because what we find is that a refund is typically the end of a customer relationship. They're going to refund anyways. So you might as well incentivize that behavior and just, I mean, truthfully kind of get it out of the way as quickly as you can. Exactly. Yeah. So that's super helpful. It's a really interesting way to think about things. So if I'm a brand that, so I'm bought in and I, I agree, okay, 30 days is not exactly what everyone should do. What, in your in your opinion, what is sort of the step by step process you'd have me go through to determine what the right policy is? Like, how do I figure out what works for me? Where do I look? What do I start with? Yeah, so if you, if you're a brand with a 30 day return window right now, I'm not advocating like go switch that right now instantaneously. Like, there's some things you should be looking at to know like when and if you should be changing that. So, I think the first one is the industry that you're in and what your competition's up to. So. In industry like footwear, sizing is very, very hard to do online. So exchanges become a critical piece of the online experience. So if I'm a footwear brand and I'm going to have a 14-day return window as an example, and every other person in my industry has a six-month window, customers are going to be looking at that. I'm going to lose shoppers there. So look at the like the industry that you're in. Take a look at what some of your competitors are doing and make sure that you're not going too far beneath what they have. And ideally, you're going with a slightly longer return window than mm-hmm. what others in your space are offering. Mm-hmm. Next, I would think about your total returns experience. So the return window is just one piece of your return policy and your return process. If you're going to offer a six-month return window, but you're then 
turning around and charging your customer $18 to ship those back, those are out of sync that like you don't get a, a what's the word I'm looking for here? Congruent, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, cohesive. That's the word I'm looking for. Say, cohesive experience between those two things. So yeah, congru- your, congruent. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going back to like high school geometry, I think with congruent. Oh, man. There's a teacher somewhere who's like, Who's, who's beaming with pride that I knew that had something to do with geometry. I'm probably wrong. Someone like comment on Twitter if I'm wrong with that, but I think it's geometry. <laughs> that's the thing. I throw that out there. And the fact that you know where that's from, I'm just saying it to <laughs> some word that sounds smart. Um, so yeah, take a, take a look at your total returns experience. Make sure that everything feels right across the entire experience. And the last thing I would say is take a look at your conversion rate. So return window, the return window length is going to impact your conversion rate. So as we said before, like a more a more generous return window is going to reduce that perceived risk of making a purchase. So if you are going to shorten windows, even if it's in a tiered approach where I'm going to shorten on the refund, I do want to be looking, taking a look at what my conversion rates are right now. And then when I make that change, what that looks like. So I don't want to make a change that's going to hurt the sales that are happening mm-hmm. just to try to differentiate in some way. So if you've been also think about your customers have come to expect a certain return window from you for however long you've been in business, make sure that whatever you're doing here, you're communicating that as well. Especially if you're going to go from like a six month window and shorten it down, which I'm not recommending, but if you're going that way, that becomes even more true. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, all of the stuff that you're talking about, like if you could go to 10, the 10,000 foot view, ultimately what we're talking about here is you have to be customer centric with everything that you do and your return policy is no different. And I think a lot of people think and look at a return policy as something that is this static, I'm just going to go copy and paste it from someone else. There is no strategic differentiation here. And like that, I mean, you're just so passionate about this. It's like bleeding. You're, 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 um, you're, you're rubbing off on me here. Like it makes me think of Zappos, how Zappos says like, we're a customer service company that sells shoes. I mean, every company can be like that. And this is like one really good step to, to go in that direction. So, uh, you know, what I'm taking away from this as a recap is all returns do not need to be within 30 days. You can be more creative with your policy. Um, what we're seeing is, uh, 80% of returns happen within the first 14 days. And just last, but definitely not least, is you need to create a policy that works for your business, but also works for your customers. And hopefully some of the steps uh, that that uh, Alex went through today uh, was was helpful in getting you guys there. I think it's a nice playbook for how you should, how you should approach building something like this. Um, so that's what we have for you today on The Exchange. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're liking The Exchange, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, and thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. That's been The Exchange, presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.